All right. Welcome to All Things Telesales. I got Jason Waller here. What's up, Jason? I've been seeing you, man, with David Melter, who actually introduced us together, put us together yep. here. And I've been seeing you on the two-minute drill. Tell me, man, what's that experience been like? That was cool. I mean, David uh, is a mentor of mine, met him. He's a great dude. Came out, there was a judge on three of the episodes in season one, did the uh, tip of the day through the True Underdog podcast. I've got the hat here where I got to do each one of those for every episode. And then proud to announce on season two, I'll be the main judge for all the uh, shows. So I'm excited about that. Right on, man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, so um, you know, when it comes to these types of shows, man, what do you look forward to the most? I love to hear the pitch. I love to hear people, you know, inspired and excited to open up a new business. I love people to pursue their dreams. I love to hear what their goals are, how they're going to get there, and them just doing the pitch. I mean, ultimately, when they come on there and they pitch their product or their or their service or their business or even themselves, I get excited and I, I love to coach um, and I love to hear new ideas. It just it gets me excited. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how long have you been an entrepreneur? I opened my first business in in two thousand five. So I opened a home security company, started door knocking and putting flyers out. And I did that to about 2010. And then I got into the telemarketing business, had call centers, you know, partnered up with call centers in Pakistan, you know, using different vendors, Vici dialers, mm -hmm. using Avatar, um, all of that for a long time, built up a, a pretty good business and then got out of that and started doing um, solar in 15 and got away from the telemarketing aspect of cold calling. You know, now we do a lot of digital marketing, but then we call. So we still do a ton of sales over the phone. We just don't cold call anymore over the phone. We do digital leads that come into our dialer. Then we call them back immediately. And then we're able to go ahead and do a pitch over the phone and schedule an appointment. So I'm very familiar with telemarketing sales. It's kind of how I, you know, sharpen my teeth into the business aspect. Uh, home security was my first company, uh, two companies. I, I did that for 10 years and then opened up solar and I love solar uh, security is a good business, but everybody was in it. Solar is, you know, the up and coming it's the future. It's cool. It's sleek. It saves the planet, saves people money. You know, you see all these power outages, unfortunately with all these snowstorms, they had solar and battery, there's power still working, you know, things like that. So we're, we're in the right business at the right time. Yeah, that's great. So you're a telesales beast. Sounds like I feel like I'm pretty good on the phone. I mean, I, you know, I started it when I was 17 in high school. We used to work for a home security company out of Arizona where we would people would fill out forms at the mall. I'm sure you remember that to win like a Dodge Durango. Right. And so they would be, you know, hey, uh, you know, they fill it out and they think they're going to win Dodge Durango. I call and be like, hey, Jake, look, you, you understand you're still in the runnings for the Dodge Durango. You remember filling that out at the mall? You're like, yeah fantastic here's what you've won though do you hear that no that's actually the home security system it's going to be installed for free equipment is free everything is covered for you jake except it's a dollar a day for the monitoring keep the bad guys away fallen can't get up medical police fire we cover everything else for you when's a good time for my installer to come install your gift that's what i was doing back yeah. at 17 years old and crushing it on the phones and then i just realized wow i'm I'm pretty good on the phone. So, you know, we have call centers right now where 
we have an inside sales team and then we have the, the team that, that what we call our SDAs that book the appointments and their whole job is to make a friend and qualify them and make sure that, you know, they're answering their questions and they're digging deep and they're overcoming their objections to make the field energy consultant who shows up and does the pre presentations job easier. But we got to keep them on the phone. You got to keep a hook in them. You got to keep them interested. You got to answer their questions. You got to dig deep of why they're calling. Yeah. And so that's some of the stuff we teach and train. Right. Yeah, it sounds like if you were to coach somebody, you, you would focus on building that real human connection. How, how do you go about coaching people on building a human connection over the phone? Well, and that's hard, but really just, you know, listen to what their needs are. I mean, they filled out a form, ask them questions, you know, ask them questions and then listen. A lot of people want to take control of the call. And I think that that was great in the 90s, maybe early 2000s. You take control of the call to make it the way you want to go. But the more people talk, the more you've got them hooked. So if you ask them the right questions and you let them do the talking, their guard kind of comes down. Anybody that's on a phone call or when you come into a home to do sale, they have that guard up. The goal is to get the guard to come down. You got to make a friend. So you got to ask basic questions. It doesn't need to be right to the point. You got to build up to that and let them feel empowered. Let them feel like they're driving the conversation. Let them feel like they're taking it to where they want to go to. So it's not intimidating to ask the tough questions. Well, you know, I'll schedule my guide. Does this work for you? I mean, as you start getting into those closing questions, you want to make sure that they're in control or feel like they're in control because then that makes it a lot easier for them to, to, to empower themselves to make their own decisions, which is what we're looking to do. Yeah. So you, so you made a pivot from home security to solar and, and it sounds like, you know, in-home services, it still uh, could, could be a smooth transition, but I imagine you had some challenges. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome during that transition phase? Well, great question. I mean, home security, you know, if I sign you up, we install you tomorrow, it's three hours. We're getting paid the next day, right? Game yeah. over. It, solar, we sign you up. We don't install you for six, eight, 10 weeks, sometimes based on permit, design, interconnection, you know, HOA, lots of tangibles, but yet we paid for marketing, we paid for commissions, we paid for equipment, we paid for design, we paid for permit. All that money is spent before you can ever see a dollar. So it is a cash game, like uh, it's different. You, you have, you're planting seeds and you gotta have the, the money to do that. Otherwise it's not gonna work. And there were many times where, you know, we lost money year one. We did 3 million in sales and lost money. Uh, during year two, I sold my house on the lake. Everything I ever made in the home security business, I doubled down and put back in to Power Home Solar. And then finally, I got my first paycheck at Power Home Solar 22 months after being open. You know, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, I mean, you're going to be paid the least amount when you open this business. That's how you build a business. You need to make the least amount in everybody else. You pay your people first, your vendors second, you reinvest third. If there's extra change left, you get that little, 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 little piece. You need to be ramen noodles, SpaghettiOs, <laughs> peanut butter and jellies, yeah. you know, carpooling, whatever you've got to do to make it work so the business can build a brand and, and, and stability. And, you know, after year two, I finally started getting paid, you know, in 22 months into it. Year three, we did about 40 million in sales. I'm glad to announce last year, year five, uh, 380 million in sales, 1800 employees, 11 states, super profitable, but it wasn't that way the first two years. I had to double right. down and bet on myself and come up with process and scale. And so, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a great salesperson, a great operator, and I'm an operational mindset to scale. But, and I feel like I could sell anything to anybody. But let me tell you something, when you're out there doing solar and it's, you know, it's a $60,000 ticket, 
that's tough to do. And it's a tough transition from selling home security. And it's really tough when you're waiting on money for the business that isn't, it's out of your hands. I mean, you're waiting for bureaucracy and governments and permitting and all these things before you can see any of that. It's hard to grow a business in that realm or construction realm. I mean, we were blessed. We got a great team. We just kept pounding until it finally turned, but it was, it took a long time. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible, man. So that's, that's a lot of growth. Were there any uh, best practices that, or, or tips that you would give for somebody to, to experience that kind of growth, you know, of getting there from, from where you started to where you are now? Well, I think we grew too fast. I mean, we're still looking some wounds from growing pains, but I think one thing some, a leader needs to realize doesn't have to be an entrepreneur, any, any leader is you can only do so much. You can't be great at everything. And you've got to find people better than you at other things in your business. And so it's true. I didn't know what EBITDA was two and a half years ago. Didn't know. (laughs) I'm in my third company. I'm like, what what the heck is EBITDA, right? I don't know what EBITDA is. And I had to bring on a president. I didn't know how to get private equity. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know accrual basis on taxes. I mean, you name it. I didn't know. I didn't finish high school or college. So I had to bring in smarter people than me that had roles and parts that they play. And I, think of when, when I think of life and I think of business, I think of a puzzle, right? And I think of, I'm only one piece of that puzzle and I've got to find other pieces that can interconnect with me and the employees in the brand. And in my life, the same thing. I can't take the same piece as me. That ain't going to do anything. And I, I've got to be able to find things that I don't have to fill the rest of that board up. And that's how you got to look at it. You can't take it personally. Ego's got to be stuck to the side. Too many people like I can do it all. No, you can't. Listen, the Avengers will beat Superman every day of the week. And I'm a Superman fan, but one dude can't beat five superheroes. So, (laughs) you know, I, I feel that way about, you got to bring smart people around in a better team. And it's hard to learn and adapt, but you got to give up some of that power and that control. You, that's how you grow. Yeah. I I totally understand Bob with what you're saying for somebody that's has difficulty giving up that control, what advice would you give them to give up that control? Well, you can have all of a small pie or you can have a small piece of a big pie and everybody, trust me, the bigger the pie, then you have more room to get a bigger piece. But if, if your pie is small and you own it all, it ain't getting any bigger. And so, you know, I, I've been there. I've, I've been an egotistical prick. I've, yeah. you know, thought I could do it all. I've struggled. You know, I've, I've done that. I, in fact, I did it all mostly in home security and I did it all at the beginning of solar. And then it like was punching me in the face. Like, dude, you can't, you can't do it all, man. You got to get you. That, so, you know, we get in our own way. We sabotage ourselves and you really got to think of what is the goal here? What is your goal? You know, certain people that open companies, it's, you don't do it to get rich. If you do it to get rich, you're going to fail. If you do it to make a lot of money, you're going to fail. You do it to empower yourself because you don't want a boss. I didn't want a boss. That's why I did it. You do it because you love what you do. I love doing solar. So you got to have a passion. You talked about if you're passionate about something, you're excited about something. Money's just a tangible thing that happens. But when you start rallying around that, other people, it's infectious. They want to join your team and it's easier to build around you. When you're just out for money and profit, people don't want to join that team. They feel like they're just there for a short period of time. It's your show. You need to empower other people around you to make it their show. And the way you let go of that is you think of the end goal. What is your end goal? And don't set your goal so far away that you get discouraged. You know, don't open a company and go, my goal is $50 million. No. You open a company, you go, my goal, you know, in the next 60 days is 
50 grand. And in the next 90 days is 150. And this year, 1 million. And if you set goals that are attainable and reachable, like you're taking the steps, then you can have some small wins and that builds some momentum and things start to get a little easier. But when you set the goals too high, yeah. you set yourself up for failure and discouragement. Yeah. And then you're really bitter and you don't want to tell people you failed. So then you hold on even tighter. You have to let go a little bit. Don't just hand someone the keys, but dude, sit in the passenger seat and let them drive a little bit. You know, see how that goes because having people rowing with you and building with you builds that brand bigger than you doing it on your own. It's just getting the right people and entrusting them to do it. It's hard, but you got to find a way to get it done. Yeah. Everything you're saying is just so freeing to, to free yourself of trying to set this huge goal, um, mm. especially talking to the entrepreneurs that build a business just because they want an exit, mm. you know? It's you're building the business for the wrong thing, you know? So you talked about excitement. What are you most excited about right now? I'm excited about the industry I'm in. I mean, you know, I'm in the renewable energy space with solar. I love what's coming, you know, with our battery storage options, the partnerships that we have. I'm super excited about that and the growth of our business. Excited. I'm a, I'm a grandpa, about 18 months uh, old granddaughter and another grandson coming. Um, but I'm not going anywhere. You talk to people with an exit, like we've been offered a lot of money to, to I'm never shut my, I have to be there for my employees. This is my baby. And so I want to be there. I, I, I'm only 41, you know, I ain't going anywhere. And right. so, um, you know, I'd like to outwork everybody. I like to grind. I like to be doing my thing every day. And I want to see us grow and prosper. And I love watching employees grow within our industry and, and, and prosper in our company and move up and have life-changing events. And that's the whole goal. I mean, to take our company public or something like that, have a life-changing event for all the employees, then I feel like I did something special, right? On the business aspect. So, you know, it's not about if I make 50 million or 500 million, I can't spend it all anyways, it's irrelevant. But if I can change, you know, we got 1800 employees lives, that feels a lot more powerful. Yeah. So it's about impact over income, compassion before commission. Yeah. What, is, what does all that mean to you? Well, it means that, that, you know, you're not selfish, you're selfless, that you're giving back to the people that, that, that take you there. You know, you can't do this alone. You got to build a brand and a company that everybody's a cog in a wheel, including yourself. And you got to have everybody do their part and everybody be rewarded and feel empowered to, to be excited, you know, to, to give that extra oomph. I always ask people, you know, the, the way you can do a really big gut check on employees is if you see someone giving 70 or 80 or 90%, ask them, you know, hey, did your check clear? Yeah. You got paid everything you were due, right? Yeah. So you got hundred percent of your pay. Yeah. But why am I getting 80% effort? You know, why is that fair? Should you pay the company back 20%? No. Well, then why are we demanding you give what we're paying? That's not fair. And so we have that mentality for those. I have an 80-20 rule in the company. Yeah. Every month, our directors are, it's mandatory that they follow an 80-20 rule. They um, eliminate and or uh, fire 20% of the staff. It's mandatory. It could be 12% this month and 38% next month, but they have an 80-20 rule because I believe the top 20% of your business is 80% of your work. The next 60% does 20% and the bottom 20%, they're just haters. They hold everybody down. They're there for a shelf life. They're spoiling, they're spoiled milk. They're complaining, they're bitching. I don't like that. And so, you know, I realized to grow my company, I'm not UPS, I'm not FedEx. I'm not looking to flatline business. I'm looking to blow, blow up like this. And when you do that, you bring in new bodies, 20% every single month. 
keeps it fresh, keeps people, you know, the winners win, you know, the gazelles that are going to outrun the lion, they're at the front. You don't want the ones that are slow. And, you know, that's how I look at it. And, you know, it, it's not about, it's about effort because we teach people, you don't have to be the, the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, the best salesperson, none of that. You just have to be more passionate. You have to have a why. You got to have a reason you're going for and not chasing money and everything else falls into place. And so we start at the top and it gets down all the way through all our employees. And, and, you know, we have an 80, 20 rule. They know when they get hired and we have KPI set. I don't care if you're in customer service. If you're in the bottom 20% of customer service, you're probably looking for a new job. Yeah. And it's just because it's not fair to the other 1800 employees. Why should they suffer? And they shouldn't. And so that's kind of how I justify that. And it's, it's been called heartless and cold. I look, I love those that love the brand and are giving 100% effort. And I can assure you, everybody in the top 80%, they're giving 100% effort. There's not one person in that 20% that, that is. That's a fact. Because we can teach people how to sell. We can teach people how to install. We can teach people how to do all kinds of things. We can't teach passion. We can't teach heart. We can't teach effort. Those are things that are self-done. self, self done. And so that's that's kind of where we hold people accountable on that 80-20 rule. Oh, that's fire, man. That's great. That, that's awesome. Um, so as far as, you know, commission breath, how can we as leaders cure commission breath? Well, I think that too many times people are, are worried about, you know, that next sale and they, they struggle and make bad decisions on that. And I think that if they can streamline on, on the money that they can make and they can put it away and they can focus on what's important to them. And, you know, cause a salary to me is a handcuff. You know, if you tell someone I'm going to pay you a hundred grand a year and that's it, you're limiting their income. I mean, I love commission jobs, commission only jobs. And our top guys do very, very, very well. And there's a big difference between our top guys and the guys that are in that 20% get let go. Right. So right. you have, you know, but those guys, they don't, they're not working in fear. They're not working in, man, I got to pay rent or buy this. You know, they're not working in that because they've been smart enough. You know, you've got just, even if you're making a lot of money, don't piss it all away, you know, set yourself up because you're going to have some roller coaster rides. You're going to have a good day. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a good week. You're going to have a bad week, but as long as you stay consistent, it'll all level out problem we have is people don't stay consistent. They get desperate and they make decisions and they start doing things they shouldn't do. And then they struggle. And then they just want to have a salary and a laptop and this, and, and really it shouldn't be that way. You know, it, when we tell someone you can make whatever you want to make, they should get excited about that. And it's all an effort, not, Oh, you're capped here. You're going to come give me 40 hours, but you're here. Well, what if I give you 50 hours? Well, you might get overtime if your salary or not. Well, now if you give the extra time, you sell more deals, you're making more. And I think everybody, including our production side is on a bonus. They get 70% salary, 30% of bonus. I try to get people's mindset to think their performance can raise their pay because that's how it should be. Yeah. So think in terms of focus on the activities, the type mm -hmm. of KPIs that drive the real end goal KPIs, you know, that we look for, you know, our um, talk time for telesales or, mm -hmm. or how many conversions that we have. But if we focus on the activity, which is the compassion, you know, giving a crap, you got to have a give with an ass too. Mm -hmm. ask for the sale, you know, and, and people on the phone, they can be whoever they want. They can yeah. have that voice of reason. There are people that can't knock doors that crush it on the phone. Those people should have the, the capacity to be like, wow, I can control this conversation, get it to where it's going, listen to this consumer and get the sale. It should be simple stuff. And so it's really about pitch. It's about talk time. It's about the tone on the voice on the phone. 
It's about being thorough. It's about listening, not over talking. I mean, I think all of those things matter. When you set the KPIs, you said it like talk time is important. Conversions is important. You know, are they asking the right questions? Putting a checklist. I think it's important for, you know, to have a QA and randomly check on calls and grade people and say, dude, here's your grade, man. You, you got a B, but we need an A. And right. let people, you know, train on those calls. And th- I'm, I'm a stickler on that because everybody struggles a little bit. And that's the only way they get better is being called out in front of the team. Hey, you got to work on this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They don't want to be called out again. Yeah. So, so let's say you're, you're providing me feedback. I just had a, a call and I botched it. How would you go about coaching me on that call? Well, I would say I would first play the call and I would, I would, I, while we're playing, I would say, well, tell me, I want you to tell me and write down any issues you hear on this call. And I would make you tell me to make sure we're on the same page. And if, if you were mostly right, which is usually what happens, there's some things you might miss. Um, then your guard comes down because you're beating yourself up first. If I just beat you up, you're defensive. But if you beat yourself up, then you're more open to, you know, constructive criticism. So I try to allow you to do it first because like, I don't see a problem with the call. Well, all right, we got, we got a bigger problem and let's go over the script again and talk about it. Right. But if you start seeing some problems, I want to dial in and say, what could you have done differently? And then I will role play a little bit. Well, I would have handled it this way. Can you see yourself doing that? Why wouldn't you do that? So you would do that. Okay, then I want you to put that in your arsenal. You know, I'm coaching and, and teaching, write it down, write it down like three times if you need to. So, you know, when that comes up, you have it. The more times you write something down, the more you're going to remember it. And so I'm teaching through each step of where that goes. And if, if their tone is off, I'm like, hey, you've got to make a friend on the phone. They can't see your face. They've got to trust your voice. You've got to make that voice appealing to them it's soothing to them it can't be hey this is what we're gonna like it's got to be like hey how are you like they want to feel drawn in and so we have to talk about your pitch and your delivery and so we'll talk about that and we'll role play that a little bit and then we'll go through asking for the sale like you fumbled here you know your confidence is key if you don't have confidence to ask for the sale they're not going to give it to you You've got to be confident and you've got to take control when you ask for it. And so, you know, here's a way to do it. You know, hey, this is what we're going to do. When's a good time we can install? You're assuming it. You're, you're moving the job along. You're moving the product along. You're moving the sales uh, pitch along. Because if you don't and you get stuck, then it's just going to sit there. And there's going to be too many holes in it. And so I think just coaching live, having them give feedback, but then me role playing is a way that I would really try to, to work on that. But not everybody is coachable. You know, there are some of those that are like, no, I, I, listen, I've been doing this years. You can't teach me nothing. I, I can't stand hiring people like that. I love bringing in raw talent that's never done this before. It's got a great voice and wants to learn. Those are the ones that I love to make, you know, all-stars. Ones that have done it in the past. I, right now, we won't hire ex-solar salespeople. We just won't do it because they're like, this is how I did it there. Good for you. You're not coming here. It's not how we do things. We do things our way and we want you all in. We don't want you tainted by three other different companies things. So I'm a big believer is, is, you know, you can take normal people and make them the best salespeople on the phone and in person if they are hungry and they love what they're doing. You don't need to get a salesperson to continue to be a salesperson. Usually they've learned some bad traits somewhere else. And I usually don't want that problem. Exactly. Some of the best best sales reps or sales professionals are, Hungry and humble. They're coachable, right. like you said. Yeah, and that's key. You're right. Hungry and humble, dude. That's it's like hungry Howie's, but hungry and humble, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. So, so True Underdog Podcast is the name of the podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell me some of your favorite guests, some of your favorite episodes so far to date. Well, obviously, we both know David Meltzer, so I got to give a shout out to David Meltzer. But, um, you know, Underdog, True Underdog Podcast is something that I started after I won the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And I was like, hey, I guess I'll try this podcast. And it took off. It was a top five entrepreneur podcast two months in a row for Apple. And I've had some big, I've had Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank on there. I've had David Meltzer on there. I've had David Nurse on there. I've had Kara Golden on there. Um, Heather Monahan on there. I mean, I've had some good people on there. I've had Freeway uh, Ricky Ross on there. I've had nice. Matt, yeah, I've had Matt Prater, the field goal kicker for the Lions on there. Barry Sanders, Hall of Fame running back on there. Um, and then I have the underbite section, which is me telling my story and going over, you know, I get kind of quizzed and I have a co-host that goes on and asks me questions and we go talk about adversity or um, objections or anxiety or entrepreneurship, you name it. Like we go down different subjects. And so the Monday episodes are that, the Thursdays are the guests. And I've got a book coming out called Own Your Power, No Bullshit, Time Is Now. So that comes out uh, sometime in May. So I didn't, I mean, I, I can't write personally. So I have a ghostwriter. I just talk and she writes because right. I awesome. can't spell for nothing. Yeah. Right. That's all right. That's good, man. Well, we're going to drop that all in the show notes. I appreciate you stopping by today and hopping on the podcast with me, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Awesome.